So, just turn with your Bibles or your iPads or whatever you're using tonight. I'm going to actually, I, I said this to Daniel, it's going to be like expository preaching tonight. It's crazy. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I'm going to pretty much stay on my text. Okay. It's just something that exploded in my spirit tonight, and I, I just want you to, to realize that we have an abundant supply of the Spirit. So if we go to Philippians chapter 1, and I'll start in verse 12, but I'm going to focus on 19 through 21. But I just want us to see that the Holy Spirit is moving in our times. How many know we live in amazing times? We've been going over this, and uh, this, this whole event, on the 28th is going to be like America, destiny, purpose. You're going to want to be there. You're going to want to be there next week. Come on, God. It's, it's all, listen, God is moving us into position to just really see an explosion of the glory in New England. I promise you, if we just would stay in our lane and begin to just focus on what he's doing in this hour, I just want us to see because, listen, there's, there's been persecution, there's been things going on in, in, in church, right, against the, the just freedom of gathering and worshiping. I get it. I get it. Everyone's trying to talk about safety, but there's no safer place to be than with Jesus and the saints and, and the anointing, and there's no safer place to be than, than in with, the, with, the, with the Father gathered, and I'm telling you, it, there's, there's, there's an abundant flow of the Holy Spirit that God wants to release on us in this hour. And we just need to be prepared for what's happening. And we just need to look at the Word and just, j I tell you, just continue to get a hunger for the Word of God. The Word of God is explosive if we read it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Ghost is inside of you, and He's looking right, right through your eyes, and he wants, to, he wants to begin to open up the things of the Word, the things of the Spirit that you don't understand just by, the, by looking at the Word and just even memorizing it. You can't get what God wants you to get. Hello. It's through intimacy with Jesus He begins to open things wide up to us. So I'm, I'm going to read... Starting with verse 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Stop right there for a second. We won't even make it through. Come on. The, Paul's saying this, listen, and, and I just started to begin to look at the prison epistles. There's only a few of them that Paul wrote. And I, and I see and understand, right, Colossians, Ephesians, those came out of being in prison. Those came out of him being in the house arrest, not being able to go too far. But I'm telling you, he had the revelation of Jesus Christ working in his life. Even though there was, come on, oppression, and he was locked up, and he was beaten, and whatever else was going. Some of it was just plain old house arrest, which isn't too bad. That's almost like, you know, he's living in a day camp someplace. But I realized this, that there was restrictions on him as an apostle. He couldn't go preach to the churches, so he sent letters. Right? So I'm just, we want to look at this with the right perspective because really all the scripture now I look at, it's like, oh man, it's like today's news. I mean, it's just like today's news, every bit of it. And we just have to have this understanding that the Holy Spirit wants us to be in a posture like Paul did. Like he's saying, listen, he's saying, listen, I, I, I want you to know, brethren, the things that happen to me, have, they're going to all turn out for good. Uh, he might have wrote that some point later. 
you know? He said, it's all going to happen. It's all going to come out, and it's all going to be good later. Even me being in these chains, it's going to look well later. Even me being restricted a little bit, it's going to look better later. The glory is going to flow because, because of the restraint, because now, now we watch what God does, right? So then it says, so that it's become evident to the whole palace guard. Let, let me tell you this. He was probably preaching because it became evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ, Listen, I'm not bound to this world. Paul was saying, I'm bound to Jesus Christ, and, and there's nothing that can hold my voice down. I'll just keep preaching, even if you lock me up. And all the guards, come on, you, you, you read in, in other books about guards, you know, being in Acts when he's locked up and he's, he begins to preach, and, the, and, and there's a release of the prisoners, and, and he says, wait. We're okay. The place has been shaken, but don't worry. The guy was about to kill himself. Remember that story in the book of Acts? Come on, the gospel is power. And he didn't even, even though God opened and broke the doors open, it didn't matter. Paul was saying, listen, dude, don't hurt yourself. I know this looks bad, but I'm about to release grace over your life. We won't go anywhere. We're all right in here. We're not going to get you in trouble. Come on. I'd be like, I'm out of here. See you all later. Apostle Paul didn't have that picture, right? So it says, and then most of the brethren in the Lord have, have become confident by my chains and are much more bold to speak the word without fear. We'll see why in a minute. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and then some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in, the, in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and when in this I rejoice, yes, I will rejoice." He was rejoicing in the fact that he was locked up, but he was, he was identifying, listen, there's preachers out there, there's messengers out there, they're preaching for their own, uh, their own, they're preaching out of the flesh, they're preaching for their own ambition, they're preaching because they're jealous of, of us being locked up for the gospel. Come on, who wants to be, how, why would you be jealous of the one that was locked up? That's messed up, isn't it? So, so you see that there's something that's happening. And then, then he goes here. This is what I'm going to concentrate on, and I'm going to read a few verses after because I want you to get the whole context of what we're in, okay? It's good preaching tonight. Come on, I promise you. He says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and through the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My God, right there. According to, the, to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm not going to re read the rest of that. I'll just go for it. But if you live, but if, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I choose, I cannot tell. 
For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is even far better. Listen, this was the tension in Paul's life. Like, he's like, I don't care if I die, but it's more profitable for me to be on the earth. Come on, somebody. That's something good. Anytime you think what you're doing is, doesn't have any value, stop it. Stop thinking that. God has plans and purposes for your life. He has a good end for your life. He wants to see you step into something absolutely furious in the love of God and the passions of God on your life. doesn't matter what you're doing. doesn't matter the expression it looks like. I'm telling you, it's better for you to be here and be a light than to go on and be with Jesus. Listen, uh, testimonies. I'll stop here for a minute. I got some good testimonies for you. One of my spiritual fathers, Bill Robinson, I just got a, a clean report. His, his prostate cancer is gone, and, his, and, and, and the, and the uh, colon cancer is gone. The, he, they, were, they were saying, oh, Bill, well, if it comes back, you have to, you have to get um, chemo again. He goes, no, I'm not doing it. He says, I'm 85 years old. If it's time for me to go, I'll leave the planet. I'm good. He said, I've done my work here. But then I'll, in the same same breath, he's telling me about uh, opening up studios in Manchester and and oh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, for for the for the gospel message to be released. So I'm like, he's on like Donkey Kong again. He's just going. He's after it. And I'm like, oh man, you can't shut it down. Come on, this is the way everyone should be. Come on, 85 years old, he's ready. He's just as fiery as he was when he was. You know, well, I don't want to know what he was like when he was 30 because he's probably scary. But anyway, hockey coach, you know, he was rough and tumble. Come on. But he's a good man, and I'm telling you, I'm so I I, I grip my heart with emotion. I just wanted to cry because we've been praying for him. He got prayed for by David Hogan. You know, it didn't go right away. We didn't have a perfect, you know, Charlie Champ. All these guys laid hands on him. Let's see what happens. Come on, the Holy Spirit. I got opportunity last night to pray for a little boy who had protein deficiencies in his muscles. He was supposed to die at two, and now he's three. And the kid has such an amazing, his name's Zion. Let's just pray for him real quick. Let's, can we do that? And, he, and they're, they're just, I just would like to see just a complete miracle. And we prayed for, uh, we prayed for Harvest, too. Her, uh, uh, Noah's daughter's eye that they, they have to have surgery for, but they want to do COVID stuff. And they, they're like, no, we're not going to do it. So, so the eye keeps moving in. So we're going to pray for both these kids right now, right now, okay? Father, and, and just pray. I mean, concentrate your prayers, God. We want to see miracles break out. And I believe like, like the testimonies of David Hogan, it doesn't have to happen all at once. It can just be gradual. All of a sudden we come back. All of a sudden these, this couple goes off to Chicago and comes back, and they're like, my son's healed. Come on, and somebody because they were supposed to lose him by the age of two. Come on, he's three, and his name is Zion. So, Lord, we, we lift this, this young boy up to you right now. We declare the goodness of God over his life. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the miraculous. We declare and decree the protein goes back into his body so that he can walk and he can run and he can begin to move and the muscles in his neck aren't, aren't, uh, aren't lazy and, and the muscles in his throat aren't tired, Father, that he can eat and begin to release... Lord, nourish his body supernaturally, but then physically, Father. We believe for this little boy right now. And, Lord, we thank you for Harvest's eye. Lord, we declare that the eye, and even last night after I put my hands over her eye, both eyes, they went straight, and then they went. the one went back. So we believe in God that you did something in the spirit, and, God, would you finish it now? Would you just declare, we declare healing and your miracle power over this little one's eyes. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank 
thank you for the endless supply of the Spirit tonight. And we thank you for your goodness over our lives. And we thank you for the wonders of heaven moving on the earth in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you got a lot of fire in your butt. Are you all right? All right. So I'm just going to go back. Verse 19. Did I finish? I didn't even finish, did I? I almost did. Yeah, I got to 22 and I didn't get past it. So, no, I got... I'll start at 24. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. I already said that, right? And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy in the faith. See, Paul wanted to see. He said, let me stay on earth a little longer so I can see the progress and the joy and faith in the saints around me. And he was excited about that. Why? Because he was an apostolic father, wanted to see people go above and beyond and, be, and fly in the spirit, right, and go higher, and that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Amen. So I just want to, I want to hit a couple points on this. Actually, I got like, yeah, uh, qu uh, quite a few points. But we're going to start with the bondage that precedes breakthrough. How many in this room have ever been bound by something? Come on, I can wave two arms, maybe three. Come on, if I had three arms. I had, a, I had, a, I had a many tentacled addiction. Come on. And so the glory of God, you know, set me free. And I'm, and I'm saying this because the, I would not have, been, you know how the Bible says this. It says that, that those who have been forgiven much, right, they love much, and they receive more grace. There's more grace that's released, which really it's not the same grace. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's just in our minds that we think we've been released and then the person that grew up in church and just the, has a testimony of, I grew up in church. I was, you know, I love the word. I was filled with the spirit at three. I was speaking. Into, come on. Come on. That's what you want your kids to grow up in. You want your kids to be filled with the spirit. But all, all of us who just came out of something, God says, come on. There's this bondage that precedes breakthrough. And I'm telling you tonight that there's, there's people in this room that you can receive a fresh revelation of this tonight. I believe that God will set you free from things if you just move in faith and, be, and you're allowed to be touched by the Holy Spirit. In a moment, God can set you free. I was set free from drugs. I was set free from alcohol. Come on. Set free from all the lusts of the world. Come on. And somebody, you know, was praying for me, but I'm telling you I had an encounter with an angel on a beach that sent me in the right direction. Come on, I was off track, but there was, there was a place where I was in bondage, and the Lord allowed me to be redirected by the angelic, by the supernatural. That's just the way the Lord worked in my life. It's good. I didn't need a preacher. I knew the gospel. I needed an angel to slap me, whack me upside the head and say, hey, boy, get that way. And I didn't even do it right away. I still was stupid. I was still a prodigal lost, right? But it's it, but and then the other thing was constrictions or restrictions precede deliverance. Right? So sometimes we'll feel bound. 
come on, this can be just our, our religiosity can bind us. Our minds, the knowledge that we have can bind us to, move, to not move into what God wants us to move into in certain times, right? We can, grow, we can live even in a profession that's taught us something or we can be schooled in something that's taught us something because it's, come on, we've learned it. And when you learn things, come on, you learned addictive behavior. I learned it. My parents were alcoholic, you know, my, generation after generation. I learned it. And then I started doing it, and I did it well. Come on, so I needed someone, I needed the, a savior to come into my life so that I could be completely free of what the Holy Spirit was nudging me to walk away from, right? So here we go. For it's, it, I just feel like there was this, and we see in, in with Paul here, right, it says that the restraint, remember the beginning talking about there was a restraint. We can even be talking, like I said, about religion. You know, there's certain things that try to tie us up so that we can't move in apostolic power. You, you don't understand and know the truth of the apostolic or the prophetic. What's the apostolic? The apostolic is something that touches everything, but there's a break or anointing on the apostolic, and the prophetic begins to move things because your declaration begins to change things. So some of you in this room just need to begin to declare things over your life differently because there's power in how you speak. There's power in, in how you think, but the, the, the big part is how you speak. And what you speak you will become. Meh. If you begin to declare things over your kids, over yourself, over the people around you, come on, God wants to set us free from those things. And, and prayer and intercession is the key to breakthrough. I don't care. God, you know, some of us don't even know how to pray for ourselves, but I'm telling you, there's, some, there's, a, there's Jesus, who's the great intercessor, who's already prayed for breakthrough. He's already brought the breakthrough because of the cross, because of the blood of Jesus. You can be set free entirely from anything that binds you. But the problem is that some of us get fr free, and then we go back into bondage. And God's saying tonight, don't go back to the things that you used to do, but go into the new thing that I've called you to. And I'm telling you tonight, Tonight, there's a living with a pure heart and pure motives is a key to breakthrough. What am I saying? When I talked about the sons of Levi earlier, I'm telling you there's a burning fire that wants to be released on your life. And there's a flow of God that needs to be. I'll talk about the endless supply at the end because that's my punchline tonight. Because that's where we have to go. You need to step into the endless supply, the lavish supply of Jesus Christ. He is the one that will set you free. He is the one when you give yourself entirely to him, he will cause you to be completely free. And he will cause your heart to be pure, to be undivided, undivided. Someone say undivided. I have an undivided heart. Your heart must be undivided. It can't go this way and then that way because that person gets nothing from God. That's what James tells me. I get nothing from God if I go this way and zig. I keep zigging and zagging. Everything that's going, I'm moving forward and things zig, I start to go back. Because I start believing the things over here again. And God's trying to set us free from that very thing. The things that are stumbling blocks in your life right now, 
actually are the path to freedom. I, I'm going to say that. Things that we stumble over consistently is about to be a building block for what God's about to release you into. Yeah, you have to get free and not stumble anymore. And that pathway you'll see, and it'll be a testimony. Come on, someone say testimony. God wants you to live in the place where you're receiving freedom, and you can go back to that because that's a memorial of God setting you free, and you walk in the fullness of that. So God wants to turn, says this, says that I know, for I know, verse 19, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Turn out for my deliverance. The same word is when Jesus is talking, says in Luke 21, he says, nation will rise against nation, nation and kingdom against kingdom. And then it says this. I'm going to go all the way down because we know all about the earthquakes, the various places, the famines, the pestilence. We know all this stuff we're living in this age right now, right? And it says, but in verse 13, it says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Oh, come on, somebody. It will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. What does that mean? That means all the difficulties that are going to fly at you because you've received the fullness, you've received the supply, you've received the Holy Ghost, you've received the fullness of who God is, because you have received that, the endless, lavish supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, it'll turn out to be a testimony that the places where you stumbled in the past will no longer be a place where you stumble in the future. That the places where you maybe have tripped over and you, you, know, you had to dust yourself off. The Bible says that a righteous man will fall. What? How many times? Seven. That's a good number. And gets up and dusts himself off. So remember this. Not that I, not that I want to give us grace to come on, mess up and fall down. Because I know we all stumble in many ways. Come on, everyone in this room. Whether it's in our thinking, whether it's in our posture, I'm telling you. But God, but God, will turn it out to be an occasion for his testimony. Number two, no matter what, I will earnestly expect. God wants you to be in this earnest expectation. Verse 20 says, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but with all boldness. Come on, say with all boldness. It's okay. With all boldness, you have to declare what. Listen, number, there's, there's a bunch of things. Listen, no matter what, I will continue to hope. This is what Paul is saying. Listen, no matter what, I will continue to hope. No matter what change you find me in, I'll continue to release this hope. The hope of the gospel. 
the hope that I, that Jesus is in me and that I have fuel in my life, the fuel of God, the presence of God, the glory which we talk, we spoke, we we so lavishly laid in just moments ago. Come on, the the glory of God that fills you, the glory of God that kings seek out, the glory of God that is found out by those who are seeking and expecting and looking for it and won't miss it. You won't miss it. I promise you won't miss it. Romans 15, 13 says this, now may the God of hope fill you. Come on, you should just, just take it right now. The God of hope fill you. That's what we need, the God of hope. It's not some, some concept in our mind. No, it's God of hope. He's the God that fills us. Will fill you with joy and peace in what? In believing. He's going to give you joy and peace in believing what he's about to do next. We can't live without a hope. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen right faith is the substance of things hoped for it materializes because we hope and we believe with earnest expectation how many times listen ready i'll go with another testimony my wife's brother right my brother-in-law michael maybe he's watching now we, bl we bless you. We know the recovery is going to come in fullness, right? But the, he's got all this stuff going on with the bone marrow transplant and all infusion. And, and just he had to go through chemo last week, and he was fevered and all that stuff. We prayed on Tuesday, and well, they were praying here, but I, I wasn't here <laughs> confessing my sins. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But, but I, I realized that, come on, he's, I said he's just got a fever. I'm not worried. And listen, so he's good right now. And, and there's, there's a hundred, you know, there's like great, 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 great expectation that he's going to pull through this thing and be completely normal the rest of his life. Before that, he had a, I won't tell you the odds. I won't declare the odds. But before that, and, and there we go. So medicine, right, chemo, I don't like the poison part. None of us do. But the body wants to shut down and the body wants to fight against it. So it raises your, your, your temperature, you know. So I'm saying that to say we got a good report. I talked to him the other day. He's like, I'm doing great. They just don't want me to go anywhere because my platelets are so low. They don't want to let me just run around because he was, you know, jumping around and doing whatever he wanted to do before. But now you've got to protect him. Come on. I said, well, they give you bodyguards? He goes, yeah. So. so ready number two on this, on no matter what, I will passionately, no matter what, I will passionately. Everyone say passionately. You need to have passion. It can be obnoxious. But you can be passionate. You, I will passionately cling to Christ. This is where your passion needs to be. Not in weird doctrines. Not in false teachings. But passionately clinging to Jesus Christ, right? To apprehend the person of Jesus and I don't know about you, the more time I spend with him, the more I want. And so this needs to be the, the, the cry in your heart. And God's trying to get us to cling un, just unreservedly to Jesus Christ.
Nothing else should matter. But your life completely given over to loving Jesus in a, in a fresh new way every day, encountering him. And, and can I say that encountering him is the only compass. You know, he, he's the way. He's going to show us. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. He's going to point you in the right direction as the compass of Jesus in your heart is just lit up because you passionately desire more of who he is, right, in this hour. And, and God wants it to increase. Everyone say increase. He wants it to increase. And I'm telling you, there's a supply of God that's coming that's going to overtake you that will bring you into the, the fullness and the passion of Jesus for your life. And so position your heart. Number, number three, position my heart expectant to hear the voice of the Spirit. Come on, this is for everyone who's praying right now. Come on. To hear the voice of the Spirit, the voice of healing, and the voice of freedom. I'm telling you tonight that we are positioning ourselves to hear the voice of healing. Come on, there was a movement in the 50s called the Voice of Healing. It was called that for a reason. There's a voice of freedom. There's a voice of deliverance. There's a voice that will direct you. There's the voice of God that moves you and directs you into the path that he's going to call the way of God. And I'm telling you, it's no longer about going up and coming down. I'm telling you, God's calling us to go up, ascend, and stay that you live from heavenly places, that you, you live out of this place where you're, you're hearing the voice of freedom, you're hearing the voice of the Spirit, you're hearing the voice of God clearly in your life. And I declare that over you tonight, that you will hear clearer, that you'll know that the knower inside of you, the knowledge of God inside of you would just explode even tonight. That the knowledge of God, the knowing, experiential knowledge of Jesus would come to life tonight inside of you. That there would be no other voice. There'd be no other lover. There'd be no other place that he would pull you to. That, 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 that anything would pull you to other than him. And then this is it. That, that hope is to be openly revealed through you before everyone's eyes. Why? Because of your passion, because of your desire, because of who you are in Jesus Christ, because of who he has made you. Not because of what you do, but because righteousness lives inside you. The righteous king is living inside of you, and the glory of Zion is, is bursting forth out of you. The light and the, and the glory of who he is is bursting forth, and it's become very alive inside of you, right? Okay. Verse 20. B says, as always, so now also will Christ be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Christ will be magnified, and he will be openly revealed in my life. <laughs> Listen, why are you, God created you to be a believer because you believe that Christ will be revealed in your life. That he will be magnified. I love that. I love that word, magnified, because here's the thing. As you focus not on your problem, not, on, not even on where you need to be delivered, 
not even on, on, on a diagnosis, but on, on Christ. When I focus on Jesus, when I begin to just look at him and gaze and behold him, and he becomes magnet. He becomes bigger than every other thing. He becomes larger than every other thing in my life, and that I don't need to be distracted by the diagnosis. I don't need to be distracted by the old thinking because Christ is magnified in my life. When I go into prayer, I look at and I focus at Jesus. I don't even bring him my list. I don't even have a list. I, used, I don't even think I ever had a list. I would just go, Jesus. And when you come into his presence, it's so sweet that the intercessor, the one who prays inside of you, it's the Holy Ghost that prays inside of you, just becomes, begins to come out and reveal Jesus to you and begin to open wide a gate that the King of glory can come right into. So what's revealed? What's going to be revealed in your life? The fullness of Jesus Christ living in you. Ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you. It's okay to take a litmus test every now and then. Is the fullness of Christ being revealed in your life? And you're like, no. That's okay because you just continue to go back to Jesus. I'm telling you, I promise you, someone said last night, has anyone seen the greater works? Well, yeah, I've seen the God's greater works to a degree. Is it to the fullness? No. That's why I'm like weeping when I'm, when I'm praying for the little boy Zion. I'm like, God, will you just, can you just do it right now? Can you just jump off the chair and just begin to run? While I want to see the healing, I know where it's not me. It's the one who I, who I spend time with. It's the one who I get on me. It's the one who I magnify in my life that becomes the, 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 the oil of God because I completely give myself to closeness to Jesus. I want to be so close that the oil that's on him flows off of him and onto me. And then when I when we when, when you begin to lay hands on the sick, they recover. That's just how it is. It's not you I don't care how many demons you try to cast out. If you have no anointing, if there's no oil, if you don't know him, and that he's openly revealed. So the fullness of Jesus Christ, but it's openly revealed. The person of Jesus is openly revealed in your life. You begin to be, <laughs> people see Christ on you. Come on, isn't that awesome? I, that's why you were created. That's why you were created. That's why he created you, so that Jesus Christ would be manifest and, and you would actually reflect the the Lord. So I'm just going to read out of, come on, I was just, Acts 19, ready? This is Paul's testimony, right? It was Luke telling the story, but this is what happened with Paul. Paul's 1911 says God used, worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseased and left them. It's the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. And then it goes into verse 13 through 16 talking about the sons of Sceva, which tried to cast out devils by the name of Paul. 
guess what? They didn't have luck. They took a beating. And then it goes on in verse 17 to say, this became known, what? That the, the anointing that was on Paul, the true anointing that was on Paul, because he spent time with Jesus in the desert, and then he gave his life completely. He walked away from being the most powerful <laughs> Jewish teacher that was persecuting Christians to now Paul, the apostle, the little one. Come on, the small one. That God magnified his life. Ready? It goes like this. It says that he became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. So the word went out about Paul. Wow, this dude touches garments. And when he touches them, the anointing's on it to cast out devils. <laughs> Crazy thing was, it cast out devils when you touched them with a, with a scarf. Come on, that's some stuff. That's some juice. How many want that? Come on, we all want it. We want to pay the price for it? Raise your hand. Come on now. Do it. Because that's where I feel like the Lord, yes, it comes freely. It's freely given to those who are consecrated. <laughs> it's, it's given freely to those who give their lives to it. I don't, I don't have any doubt that he wants to give it all to every person in this place. But it's those who will consecrate their lives to it. To him. Right? And it says this, that that in fear fell upon them all. That's scary. It is scary, right? This dude's hand, you know, the, the apron that he would sweat on, that's really all it was. It was what he, it was like me working with nasty clothes, you know, my, my, grub, my grubbies. And I just give them to people and they start getting healed. That's, come on, maybe I'll just save those t-shirts, just sweating them. Come on. I got them. It's funny. <laughs> I almost did... I have this T-shirt, man, it's like falling apart, but it's so comfortable. I don't want to give it up. It's got holes all through it. It's got holes all here because of, I don't know, this is a rabbit trail. But it's just like the most comfortable, and I, I like being in it the most. And I'm telling you, I'm going to say that to say this. Jesus likes being inside you the most. You might be comfortable. You might be a little worn out. He likes that because he can shine bright through all the holes. Come on, somebody. That's good. Oh. So he said, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Ephesus was the place where all the witchcraft was flying. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was what? magnified, magnified, glorified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Uh-oh. Did you hear that? Many who believed came confessing and telling their deeds. They're like, oh, no, God is on Paul. We better get clean. Because whatever he wears and he throws that off to the side, the demonized people just trip over it and they get free. Oh, come on. You think it didn't ha I bet it happened like that. He just lay the thing on over a tree or something. And who knows? Could have been hanging over the, come on, I'm making stuff up. Could have been hanging over the tree and just the shadow of Paul's dirty apron set him free. 
that makes me evangelistic, I guess. <laughs> Number four, if you missed three, sorry. Reflecting Jesus, the anointing that overflows your life. Listen, God wants you to reflect, and we just talked about this a little bit, but he wants, God, he wants himself, 19b, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's how he became free. Come on, there was deliverance in that. 1 John 3, 1 through 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called what? Call yourself children, not servants, not workers. Children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. <laughs> We're expecting people to know Jesus. They don't even... See the Father. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Now we are children of God. That's almost like now faith is. But now we are children of God. It has not been not yet been revealed what we shall be, but when but we know what then what that bleh. it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he's revealed, we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. This is what I'm saying. Listen, the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you begin to reflect on who he is, the more you begin to magnify him in your life, the more he becomes bigger, the more he overtakes you, the more he overshadows you, the more he takes up more of the space, more he preoccupies your mind, the more he, he, gives, he, he overtakes your thoughts and the patterns of your life. Not that it, and stop for a minute. Because all these other things that we're to do, I'm supposed to be a good worker at work. Come on, that magnifies Jesus. I'm supposed to be a good father. That magnifies Jesus. I'm supposed to be a good mother. That magnifies the Lord. Not that I, come on, everything's encompassed in the fullness of who he is because we desire to look like him. He's the best father. And then it says this, everyone who has this hope, again, in him, if I have hope in him, then what happens? I have hope, this hope in him, and it purifies himself. It purifies me, right, just as he is pure. Why? Because I'm looking at my loving father, and I see the glory of God on the father of glory who loves me and gave his life for me. And I behold him in such a way that now the purification and the, and the cleansing of the Spirit comes on my life. And nothing, 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 no, none of my, none of my uh, overthinking things. Come on, there's, 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 a, there's a place where we overthink what God thinks of us. We don't have the thoughts in the mind of the Spirit. And God's trying to get to us and say, listen, this is what I, I have. I want your mind to have a pure flow so you know exactly what I think. What Exactly because you've been beholding one thing, me. And 
And then I just want to end with this, with about the abundant supply of the Spirit, because this is where we, this is what I want to just focus on. It says that through your prayer and the supply of Jesus Christ, listen, there is a supply that comes from Jesus that you cannot get anywhere else. I don't care what you say. I don't care what book you're reading. There's a supply from one person, and it's Jesus Christ that comes through. It's through prayer, which is communion and fellowship. It's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's an abundant, lavish supply of Jesus revealed to every believer, every believer in this place, every believer in this place. There's a lavish supply. That means he has an endless supply of who he is. You can't get enough of him because there's ne it's never-ending is never-ending. You should be absolutely awestruck by who he is in this place tonight because there is a place where the Lord is looking to overtake you. It's the outpouring that was spoken of in Joel uh, chapter 2. It was the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit came. And we, we just know these, these, these scriptures so well that we just ignore them again. Don't ever let the Word of God become familiar. Listen, the endless supply is with, with your, you want to be familiar with Jesus. But the endless supply comes out of the unfamiliarity with Jesus. Come on, the things that you don't know, the things that you do, aren't used to, there's places that the Lord is wanting you to be where you're, there's a something. God said, I want to do a new thing, and he meant it. I want to open things up for you so that you can see them. And not be outside of them or, or not perceive them. Because most of us don't perceive what God's doing in this hour. It's the spirit that rests. Remember, uh, remember Isaiah 11, 2. And remember Zechariah chapter 4 where it says it's the lampstands. And, and there's the one, the spirit of God that rests. They feed all the others. They feed, it feeds uh, counsel and might. It feeds wisdom and knowledge. It feeds the fear of the Lord. It feeds all those things. It's the spirit that rests upon your life, that fuels you, that increases your life. If you don't listen, God wants to pour out on your, on your life right now uh, the spirit that rests. Grace, maybe you should help me now. I'm going to go a little bit longer, but I think I, I, I'm feeling the music. Remember Zechariah 4. And then we have the testimony of the, the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. It says that they're fueled by the Spirit of God. And verse 21 says this. It says, for me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Can I just say this tonight? Every place we allow to die, Christ will be revealed. Can I just say to you tonight that it, this is why there was this tension in Paul's life. It's like, I will give my life to this, but the more that he gave his life to it, the, the person of Christ was revealed in him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The more I yield, the more I give myself to death, to dying, to giving myself not what I want, but what he wants, and not whatever I can do. 
to make me, to, to get me by. Come on, some of you have been in survival mode and God's trying to put you in revival mode. And the only way you're going to be in revival mode is when the Holy Spirit comes to you and overtakes you and you say, God, I give my life completely to you. Right? And I'm not talking just all to thee, I surrender. All to thee, I freely give. I like that. There's places in our lives we won't give up. We get stubborn. I won't say that. I'll say there's places that in our lives that we're blind to, that God's trying to get into, and we won't give them over because we don't discern that the Lord's trying to get in. Can I tell you tonight every part, every part, he's trying to get in every part. He's trying to get in every part of your marriage. He's trying to get in every part of, of places that have been broken down. He's trying to get in every part of places where you've lacked in the past. He's trying to get in every part. And the, pr the problem is we're very much alive. Here's what it is with adolescence and early 20s. <laughs> Ready? We all know everything. Sometimes drifts into our 30s, maybe even our 40s. I got this. And God's trying to say, no, let me have it. And all the time, right, for me to live, to, for Christ to live inside of me is for me to let him take those places, right? True life of Jesus flows through just men made perfect. I'm going to hit this next week. But the flow of Jesus Christ will move through just men, will righteous men, knowing that you've become right. And, and it's more than just knowing positionally I've become righteousness before Christ. Knowing, right, knowing this, but Jesus is trying to purify a bride. He's trying. We fight him. But he's trying to purify a bride so that we can walk and the oil's all over us. The flow, the endless supply of the Spirit is all over us, right? Remember John, 1 John 2 says this, says, but whoever keeps my word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to, to walk just as he walked. It's giving us an invitation. You've been given an invitation to walk just like Jesus walked. Jesus wants you to walk in his footsteps. Peter said that. He said, just walk in my footsteps. Walk in the places where I walk. And I'm telling you tonight that the Lord wants to overtake us with this un unbelievable supply. It's a lifeline that Jesus has provided for you. It's the endless supply of Jesus Christ. And it comes through pure fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that even look like? It's called this. I keep his word, and the love of God truly perfects me. <laughs> How many... You're like, I can't be perfect. No, no. Just men made perfect. It says it in Scripture. Just men made perfect. That means there is a place where you are, you are perfect before the Lord. 
There is a place that you have access to everything that's in heaven. That's before the Lord. Because why? And I'm not. And I don't want to hyper spiritualize it. I'm telling you, there's needs that you have that God has, and He's just going to release them to it. And deliverances in that tonight. The pure power of heaven is going to be released over you tonight. If you, if you would just say, God, I just opened myself up right now. And I know, I feel like we do this every week. I just say it in 15 different ways. Probably about 780 time, different times now. It's probably not good math either. It's five years, you know. But I'm telling you tonight that there's a place that the Lord is going to take you. I shouldn't make light. I'm telling you. I'm just going to end with this because I... It's something that Daniel brought on on Thursday night. And I, I just want to read one line out of it. It says, I saw the mature. This is a prophetic word. It says, it's out of Kenneth Hagin's ministries. But Daniel was reading it the other night. And it just, it, something blew up inside of me. And it has to do with this. Because God has an endless supply for you tonight. It's like he, he's there every night. He's got... He's going to supply every day for you. But tonight there's something you can step into that I believe is going to be incredible if we just could grasp the moment we're in. Do you know we're in the right time, in the right place? We are. We are in the right time, in the right place. And the Holy Spirit does not, he's not, you know what? He's not playing around. He's just waiting for us. Like, and I, I, don't, I don't want to over, you know, get way heavy about it, but I, I, the reality is, he wants to blow you up. He wants to light you on fire and watch you burn and see what the, see what the result is in one region. He wants, to, he wants to light an army up that will burn with the fire of God. And it says this, it says, I saw mature sons of God, men and women, even children who are mature. I saw them on the earth and they were going behind the veil where the glory was. And they weren't dying to get there. They were getting, they were getting of the glory and they were bringing it out. And they were ministering it to the body. Those spirits of just men made perfect were pressing their way through. And they too were bringing them the glory. And then it talks about seeing glory clouds, but... I just want to say this to you tonight. Listen, there's a place where we can go into beyond the veil. Like we live in a day where the, the veil between heaven and earth it should just be able to pass through now. Not because we're wild mystics. It's a place in the spirit that God wants to bring you into. And it's really just saying, Lord, I just relinquish everything, every right I have, every, every right I have to be angry, every right I have to be res unforgiving, every right I have to do the things that I want to do, every right that I've been hurt in the past, and 
even in my childhood. No, 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 no. I'm telling you tonight, God wants to just walk in and overtake all that stuff and bring you through. And it's not like he's holding the endless supply from you. Here's the deal. The endless supply is always there. It's always there. It's always available. But he's looking for us to just be intentional. That, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to walk in. You know, I think back to where when Jeff was here in this building, and I see, I can see the, the, the cloudy glory coming in right now. So I'd, I'd just put your hands up. That would be a good idea right about now. I can see the clouds. I can see the, the haze of God. And that's not because I'm, it's probably because I'm seeing it by the Spirit. It may not actually be there, but that's okay. Just put your hands up in it. And I believe this, that the Holy Spirit wants to come and plug you into the endless supply in a way in your life that you've never been plugged in before. And so it's not a place where, listen, I'm, I want you to awaken right now. If you're sleepy, wake up. There's a divine inheritance you're about to receive. And it's pure fellowship with the Holy Ghost. It's been yours. It's been given to you. And some of you are seeing things right now. Some of you saw things earlier. That's because we have an atmosphere for the prophetic. That's an atmosphere to it for the for the realms of heaven in this place. So God, we want just stand with me. Let's just stand. We'll just raise up, hands up, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. We're just gonna, we're just gonna ask the Holy Spirit for His endless supply tonight. Lord, we thank You tonight that everything in our past, Lord, <laughs> Lord, has been eradicated and, and taken care of. Lord, we, we, we we loose, we loose ourselves from everything. I, Lord, I thank you that you break, you bring us out of bondage into breakthrough. I thank you that anything that's been over us, God, that we've been set free tonight. And Lord, we ask tonight that you just take whatever we have that we hold on to so tightly that you just take it right now. Lord, we wouldn't be in places where we resist what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you snap us out of places where we, we have mindsets that we can't even negotiate with you. <laughs> That's the word I get. Some of you have been negotiating with God on things. There's no negotiation. He's a kind, loving Father, but all we have is one decision, Him. So, Father, we ask that you break in and over us 
Like, I don't live in one place and then bounce into a next. No? Holy Spirit, I thank you. Lord, we thank you for pure hearts tonight. We thank you that we're living in a place of complete unity with you right now, right now, right now. So you're just going to thank him right now for the endless supply. Lord, I thank you for the endless supply. I don't, I cooperate with your endless supply right now, the supply of heaven. Lord, we thank you for your kingdom in this place that you rule and you reign in this place. Thank you for your intentions. Listen, God's intentions are incredible.